I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I am your host, Kurt Zandig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about superpowers. We all want them, and if I was granted a wish, I would wish for the ability to teleport, because, well, it's really just the best superpower ever. But, are superpowers real? We'll find out in just a second, because, as always, up first is the most important part of the show as far as I'm concerned, shoutouts. That's right, I want to say shout-outs to thank you so much to Melissa, Angie, Manning, and Megan. These guys are the top-tier shout-outs, the ones that I cannot thank the most. The best of the best. I'm going to read their whole names, and I hope they don't mind. Melissa Henderson, Angie Smith, Manning Camp, and Megan McDaniel. Thank you so much. I cannot do this show without you. I want you to know how much I appreciate and thank you every month. But we have more shout-outs than just that because I also want to shout-out to David, Joe, Rosa, Shelley, Lauren, Lily, Veronica, Martin, Lash, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Kira, Maggie, hi Maggie, hope you're doing well, Laura, Ruth, Anthony, Dan, Matt, Laura, Chuck, Joshua, Vincente, M. Calvillo, Troy, Nick, Autumn, Travis, Sarah, Amber, Rodney, Nanashi, Michaela, Heidi, Rachel, Lindsay, Juliana, Edgar, Sarah, Seth, Lawrence, oh, hi Seth, welcome aboard, Lawrence, Kyle, Jory, Keith, Jeff, J. Mark, Carolyn, Jim, Jade, Shani, 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 oof, I almost messed that up, I'm so sorry, Lauren, Carolyn, Pablo, Jeff, Dill, Laura, and Daniel. Once again, thank you all so much. I can't do the show without your support. If you want to help support this show, head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. You get extra episodes, you get free swag, you get a fun stuff, you get the best group of people that I cannot believe how thankful I am, how amazing these fans are. Not just them, but you guys as well. Everybody that's reached out to me on Facebook and on Instagram, thank you so much. I'm so glad you like this show. Everybody says, please don't stop. Well, don't worry. I have no plans on stopping. I took a few days to get you this one. It took a little bit too long to get you this episode, but the episode is now. So let's get on over to Paranormal News. And the first story in paranormal news. Okay, there's this new thing called the Gloucestershire Lights. There's a bunch of websites, including gloucestershirelive.co.uk, that said they're UFOs. Valentine's night, UFOs hit the skies. They were doing loop-de-loops. Something in the sky was moving left to right, loop-de-loops. It was appeared to be two objects moving perfectly parallel. It was really strange. Well, it wasn't strange very easily explained. 
If you just look at the clip of the video, sure, it's a weird-looking UFO that just happens to be having fun during fireworks. No, it's a stunt plane with fireworks on either end of the wing. It's, it is doing loop-de-loops. It's exactly what she said it was. It's an aerial display team. It's called Aero Sparks. And they were displaying at a wedding at Kingscote Barn in Tetbury. So just because you see something, sure, actually, for her, it was a UFO. She was 100% right. It was unidentified. It was flying. It was some object. But there is nothing paranormal or extraordinary about this object at all. It was merely an aerial display team called Aerosparks, and it was a tiny, cool-looking little plane that shoots sparks out of its wings, that shoots fireworks on either side of it, and does cool-looking loop-de-loops. So the first news story in Paranormal News is actually a debunk news story. But up next, I don't know. Because Canadians report seeing UFOs in the sky at a rate of three times a day. There's a man, his name is Christopher Rutkowski, and he says that UFO sightings in Canada are more common than we think. He says there are about a thousand UFO reports filed in Canada every year, and the numbers remain high. Despite what you might be hearing in news and stuff like, well, as soon as we got these awesome looking little cameras in our pockets when we we're walking around where we could film UFOs, UFOs stopped being real. Well, that's not true at all. In fact, UFO numbers are still going up. Even with these in our pockets, with cell phones in our pockets, the number of UFOs are still going up year to year. Now, he said most sightings reported in 2017 came from Quebec. That was 518 in Quebec, 241 in Ontario, and British Columbia had 128. Those are the top three. Those are major metropolitan areas. So ufology research broke down causes by the number of witnesses, the level of strangeness, and the report notes that while an increasing number of cell phones, dash cams, and traffic cameras mean that reported sightings are more frequently accompanied by a photo or video, these videos are still often of poor quality and still unfortunately just not useful to researchers. But he does say one bold statement at the end of this news story. Rutkowski says, there's no incontrovertible evidence that aliens are visiting us. Although, it's a wonderful theory. There is a real phenomena that I think is worth scientific study. So, get rid of the aliens. Take that all away. Something is happening. People are seeing something. It's a real phenomenon. And he's right. It is worth scientific study. Alrighty, let's move on to the next story. This one is UFO-shaped light spotted in a video of Australian thunderstorm. So I'm just going to actually play the video. I'll put it, uh, I'll put this link onto Facebook for you guys as well, but I want to play the video and then we'll talk about it. Footage that shows a strange but decidedly UFO-shaped light in the sky has sparked a number of alien theories. The footage was taken as a strong thunderstorm raged over a remote area of Western Australia. As flashes of lightning illuminated the sky, the saucer-shaped form appears, moves off camera, then reappears. That footage was shared via Twitter by Broom Police, which also noted, it appears we were not alone. Many who responded agreed. 
One person wrote, it's a damn alien, but not sure if it's Area 51 replica vehicle or an intergalactic vehicle. Insane footage. Some did manage to keep a cool head and explain the UFO was likely just a lens flare caused by the headlights of a nearby car. Notably, one of them also commented, aliens probably exist, but this isn't it. Alrighty, so I'll post the video. It is very interesting. There's a lightning flash. It's a huge thunderstorm in the sky. There's this almost like jellyfish looking thing that appears on the left of the screen and kind of goes up to the upper left. It just kind of floats up, if you will. I will say that my theory is very close, if not exactly like that last theory you heard in the video there, that it is a reflection of some kind. I don't think it's a reflection of a headlight, but I do think it's a reflection in the windshield of the car itself. Whether someone in that car turned on their cell phone as well, and that's the reflection, or some... I mean, it just seems like a reflection to me. But it is odd. It is, un, it is unidentified. So I wanted to put this one on here and see what you guys think. So I'm going to put this one on the Facebook page. So go on over. Tell me what you think. Do you think it's a reflection? Do you think it's a UFO? Do you think it's a big sky jellyfish? What do you think? Alrighty, up next, we have a story that is almost a preview of a future episode. So, here's a teaser for you. Massive Black Triangle UFO over New Lambden Heights in 1999. Dean Vern Garner has kept a secret for 20 years. He thinks about it often, but hardly speaks about it because he has no proof. The memory came back vividly recently when he was throwing out old newspapers kept for painting and one fell on the floor. It contained a story published in this newspaper, doesn't matter, in November of 2017 about Jeff and Marie Masters. The couple had shared their story about seeing a massive black triangle-shaped UFO from their Edgeworth front yard one night in the late 1990s. Dean, who owns Vern's Guitar Clinic in Walsten, Walsend, yeah, had a similar experience. He said it was 1999, around November 1st, around November. It was a hot, crystal clear night. You could see the stars. There was no breeze. At about 11 p.m., he was outside talking to a buddy, and suddenly they saw what appeared to be a fire down low behind the trees. Now, they thought it could be lightning or something like that. Then the orange light started to rise up. It rose above the eucalyptus trees. We could see it coming towards us. We're about to find out what this thing is, he says. We were absolutely stunned. I said, what the hell is that? This thing was coming towards us at no more than 25 kilometers per hour. He said it was about 30 meters high, just above the tallest eucalyptus trees. As it approached us, the hairs on our necks and our arms stood up. We were in deep shock. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was a massive triangular shaped craft which flew over them. It was traveling so low, you could have thrown a rock and hit it. It was directly over our heads. As we stood under it, there was no doubt what it was. We knew something straight away. It was an alien craft from another planet. There's nothing like that on our planet. He said, I never thought I'd see a UFO in my life. It seemed to take a minute for the whole craft to pass over our house. But we never felt like we were in any danger. Why does this sound familiar? Did I read you guys this story already? Am I already repeating myself? I don't want that. Hold on a second. No, it doesn't look like I have. All right. So it's just because I've read this story so much. Um. So yeah, it was a giant UFO. He said this thing was absolutely huge. It was 50 to 100 times the size of a 747. It was a massive ship. It seemed to float on air. There were no engines, no flames, no sound. 
It was completely silent. It was absolutely beautiful. He says it came from another world, an advanced world. We had the distinct impression that we and everything around us were being filmed. We don't know why, but we just had that feeling. So that leads me to this. These crafts, he is not alone. These couple of stories are not alone. And, like I said, there might be an episode coming up in the future all about Black Triangle UFOs. So stay tuned. Now I have one more story before we get to the superpowers. This is a quick one, don't worry. I just had to tell you this story, almost for the headline alone. Ex-slugger Jose Canseco joins Pursuit of Bigfoot and Aliens. So basically, this story in a nutshell is Jose Canseco is really big into the paranormal. I'd love to have him on the show, so if you're listening to this, please come on air. I'd love to talk to you about it. Alrighty, and that just about does it for paranormal news. So now I've had a lot of questions about merch. Don't worry. More merch is on the way, I swear. My friend got really busy. She couldn't do the shirts, um, the shirt designs that I wanted. But she says to me, she swears, they're coming. So I'm passing that along to you guys. Don't worry. More merch is coming. If you want to see the merch that we do have currently, it's at storeenvy.com and just search for Paranormal Almanac. Okay, and before we get the superpowers, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Paranormal Almanac. With that, let's get to the superpowers like I keep talking about. Now, like I said, obviously, the best one is teleportation. You can fight me on that one, but you're gonna lose. Teleportation has everything. Sure, flying is cool, but why not teleport? Want to go to the pyramids? Boom, I'm there. Vegas for an hour? Sure, why not? Want to see my parents for a couple seconds? Boom, I'm there. Teleport into a bank vault, get some cash, get into any concert backstage. There is no downside to teleportation. Like I said, flying is fun, but boom, I'm already where you're trying to fly to. Boom, right there. I'm done without a bunch of people taking pictures of me. Telekinesis? Yeah, that'd be cool. But if I could teleport, I could just boom. I don't need to try and figure out what the next card is going to be in Vegas. I can just bink pick up a bunch of chips, and bink, right back out. I switched it from boom to bink, because I thought it sounded more teleporty. Um, think of a think of a superpower. Super strength? Eh, that'd be fun. That'd be cool and all. But if someone's shooting at me, boom, I teleport away. Done. Something bad is happening to somebody? Boom, teleport in, grab them, boom, out. Or bink, out. It's the best superpower. It really is. What do you guys think is the best superpower? I'm going to ask the question at the end of the episode right now. What's your superpower? If you could have one and only one, not like, oh, I want to be Superman. No, no, no. Can't have laser vision and flying and super strength and never aging and the ability to fool people with just putting on a pair of glasses. One superpower. Everybody gets one. All right. With that said, let's talk about real people with real superpowers. I'm going to spoil it a little bit. Some of them, kind of cool. Some of them, kind of lame. Some of them, I can't figure out at all. And for that, let's go back for the first in my superpowered human episode. And how far back? Well, the late 1700s. 
There was a sailor named Etienne Bottineau, and he won many tavern bets by correctly predicting the arrival of ships. He did this so much, he became known as, quote, the wizard beacon keeper of the Isle of France, which is a pretty cool nickname. Not as cool as Batman, but, you know, it's still pretty cool. Now, he didn't just do this once or twice. No, he correctly predicted the arrival of ships 575 times. Some say up to a thousand times, but just being conservative with it, 575 times. And these ships weren't just a mile from shore. They were anywhere from 350 to 700 miles from the island when he predicted their approach and their arrival time. Now, to give you an idea of how long it took a ship back then to arrive 700 miles out, that answer is four days. He could predict the ship up to four days away, four days out, not only saying this ship is going to be here, it's going to arrive at this time. Now, he wasn't saying, oh, the Santa Maria is four days away and will be here at 2 p.m. He wasn't that specific. Because there is some inconsistencies as to how much he knew about the ships. Some reports said he could see men on the ships that were days out. Others say he once announced the approach of a four-masted vessel. To give you an idea, there was three-masted vessels. Those were the maximum fitted in those days. But he was proven correct when two two-masted vessels lashed together eventually appeared. He predicted a ship that didn't even exist, but when they showed up, he was right. Now, in his writings, he explained it was like, quote, he could see atmospheric disturbances he claimed to see and interpret as a mass of vapors or a cloudy mass or a meteor, I don't know what he meant by that, which would eventually develop the colors assuming a certain tone which is just the worst explanation for your superpower ever. I get the atmospheric disturbances. Like he said that he could see off in the distance, on the horizon, he would see these weird atmospheric disturbances that would be able to tell him what type of ship and when it would arrive, how far away it actually was. Then, as the ship approached, the mass of the ship would extend and become more consistent. So he could see that weird bubble becoming more and more real as it got closer. Etienne didn't think he was psychic or that he had any superpowers. He said he invented a whole new science called Nasopi. N-A-U-S-O-P-I-E. Nasopi. 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 That's probably it. Which is the art of discovering ships and land at a great distance. Now, apparently this was actually really looked into, but never thoroughly because, well... Radar was invented, and it wasn't needed at all. So he had the ability to do something so incredibly rare, so incredibly accurate, that science looked into it, couldn't figure it out for nearly 200 years, then radar was invented and said, well, screw it, we got technology to do what this guy's superpower could do. But, I don't know if you caught it, he said he could actually see the discovery... He said it was the art of discovering ships and land at a great distance. So not only could it be on land and discover ships, he could do the flip side. He could be on a ship 
and say, we're three days out from a landmass, and they'd hit that actual landmass. So despite what he says, despite it being, quote, a whole new science, I think it's a superpower. He figured out something that is yet to be explained by science that was written about extensively by many people. Many people saw him do this. Like I said, he won tavern bets over and over and over again, conservatively, 575 times. There were some people who did win the bet from him, but here's why. The ships were rerouted. The ships were passing by. So he saw the ship. He could tell you, oh, it's a three-mass ship. That ship wasn't actually coming for his harbor, though, and it went by and then went to the next harbor. So I call that a win. It was still the correct ship. It still would have hit land, his land, if it was heading towards him, but it was going by. But like I said, that's a very specific superpower. So let's go from psychic ship arrivals to superpower sight. This is another one I'd kind of like to have. In 1972, Veronica Sider, or Cedar, S-E-I-D-E-R, was at the University of Stuttgart when she started telling people she could see details up to a mile away. At the university, she was actually examined and she was able to prove this ability. It was confirmed her eyesight was 22. Not 2020, 22. Now for an example of a normal human eyesight is 2020. Mine is 20 going blind and dying. Uh, but a bird's eyesight is 2010. So scientifically speaking, it was proven she had better eyes than an eagle. And I didn't just pick an eagle. That was the example that they gave. She had better eyesight than a freaking eagle. Now, during those vision tests, she could pick up details at such distances and distinguish people's faces up to a mile away. It was even reported she could make out the smallest details in a photograph from a mile away. So someone holding up a photograph a mile away she could spot it and tell you what was on that photograph. Not only that, but she could pick out the separate colors in the picture of a TV set. This is 1972. It's not a digital set. She could actually see the separate lines of color in a TV set. To date, she is the only proven example of this, and they think it was a genetic mutation that gave her her superpowers. You're going to hear that quite a bit, which is very interesting because... As I'm sure all of you know, that's how X-Men get their superpowers. They're mutants. So, she's really a mutant. Alrighty. So, so far on this list, two pretty cool superpowers. One, all of us might be able to learn how to do the ability to spot ships. I don't know if that's important to you at all. And the second one, very cool eyesight. I would love that. But now let's talk about a horrible superpower. Because there's a man named Michael Lotito, who is an entertainer known for his ability to eat anything. And I know you've all seen these freak show freaks that can eat a light bulb or eat glass or whatever. This guy topped them all. What exactly did he eat? Well, you name it. Full bicycles. Full TV sets. A shopping cart. Eh, light bulbs like every other one of those. Metal. And a lot of it. But then in 1980, he ate a freaking airplane. It was a Cessna 150 airplane. 
Now, it did take him two years, but he did it. He ate the entire airplane in two years. Now, scientists think he has a rare condition called pica, which some of you might actually know. It's a psychological condition that meant he had an appetite for inanimate objects. He had to eat it. Now, that plus a thick stomach lining allowed him to eat this crap without cutting himself open from the inside. Now, pica or pica, but I think it's pica. Actually, I think it's pica. I'm sorry. Pica might sound familiar to you if you watch those addiction TV shows where people like eat the couch cushion stuffing or, you know, rip drywall off the wall and eat it. Look, it's gross. It's useless. But it is a superpower of sorts. So what happened to Michael? Well, he died of natural causes. But by the time he died, they estimated he had eaten nine tons of metal and a coffin. That's right. Before he died, not when he was actually in the coffin, he ate a full coffin as well, just for shits and giggles. So, that's gross. Alrighty, who's the next freak? Well, how about Ben Underwood? Now, he had a serious comic book origin story because at the age of two, he was diagnosed with retinal cancer. Sad. And that caused him to have both of his eyes removed. Now, just like Daredevil, he didn't let his blindness stop him. He discovered he could click his tongue and use the echolocation to get a rough surrounding. And he did it really well. At first, he could only figure out where walls were or very large objects. But as he developed this superpower, he could detect anything. In fact, by the time he was a teen, he could walk around obstacles and even moving objects like pedestrians and cars. He was able to also just reach out and pick up where things were that he was looking for. And I'm using looking for in quotes because remember, he had both his eyes removed. He could tell you what an object was without even touching it. That's how good he was. Now, Ben also could do, quote, everything a normal kid could do, like ride a bike, climb trees, go skating, and he even performed martial arts. Now, it wasn't like he just did these things and hurt himself a lot. No, he did them so well, as well as, quote, a sighted person. And he could do this all by echolocation of the tongue clicking. Now, what these stories didn't say and what I wanted to know, did he have to click his tongue constantly? Or could he walk in a room and go, oh, okay, there's a TV there and there's a dog there and there's Kurt sitting there like an idiot. Or was it constantly clicking? Were people hanging out with him and he was just clicking constantly so he could figure out where everything was. It doesn't say, I do not know, I wish it did. Now sadly, Ben died in 2009 at the age of 16, trying to perform oral sex on what he thought was a girl, but it turned out to be a car battery. No, he didn't, I'm just kidding. He did die at 16, which is sad, but I couldn't find out what he died from, so I'll put in that little joke because, you know, who the hell knows. But anyhow, who's next? How about Super Smell? Not Super Smelly, but Super Smell. There was a woman named Joy Milne. She was in her 30s when she began to notice an overpowering, slightly unpleasant musky odor coming from her husband. And he stank of it. It got so bad that even changing deodorants and showering more and changing everything about himself, cologne, everything, it just didn't help it. Now this went on for quite a while, and some sites say decades, but 
I doubt it was that long. Ultimately, her husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Cut to a little while later, Joy was attending a lecture about Parkinson's when she was overwhelmed by the same odor, but her husband wasn't there this time. And this time, that odor was way stronger. Somehow, she put two and two together and realized she could smell Parkinson's. Doctors and researchers at Edinburgh University tested this theory, and sure enough, she smelled six dirty t-shirts from Parkinson patients and six from healthy people. And she got all but one right. But the one she got wrong, she actually ended up getting it right because that healthy individual was diagnosed with Parkinson's eight months later. So listeners, if a random woman tells you you smell musky, you might have Parkinson's. God, I hope no one has Parkinson's. Like, what a... What a bizarre, unique, specific superpower. My hope is that Joy went on to go to hospitals and walk around and be able to diagnose Parkinson's more accurately than science can. Because like I said, it was eight months before this other person, this quote healthy person, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And I also hope that she is brave enough or whatever, bold enough, to when she's walking around in public to be like, uh-oh, and walk up to somebody and be like, hey, you need to get yourself checked. I think you might have Parkinson's. It's a terrible thing to tell a person, but, you know, get the diagnosis as quick as possible. So hopefully Joy is still out there, still telling people they have Parkinson's. Joy, I'm sorry that that is your superpower, but I'm glad you're using it for good. I hope you're using it for good. Okay, for this next one, did you ever wish you had more time in the day or like me, do you ever wish you weren't tired all the damn time? Well, this next guy's superpower might just be what you want because in 2016, a man entered a hospital in France. Now, he had a series of issues, including diarrhea and insomnia. Look, we can skip the diarrhea, though. Let's just focus on the insomnia, okay? This guy came in, a lot of issues. The doctors were shocked to learn that this 27-year-old man had not slept a wink in over four months. Look, I get cranky if I don't get eight hours. And this guy said he didn't even feel tired or sleepy at all. Not only that, he said he wasn't moody or irritable, nor did he suffer from any other sleep deprivation symptoms like loss of memory or coordination. Now, the story doesn't say if the diarrhea and all of the other series of issues were because of the sleep loss. I'm assuming they were. Now, later tests did reveal that every evening he would go into an intense state of extreme auditory and visual hallucinations. Quote, like he was on shrooms. And then he had fits of delirium and seizures, with the episodes lasting anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Let me repeat that. Every evening this would happen to him. For 20 minutes to an hour. But the doctor said then it would pass and he would be totally fine again. Now, the doctors did try to give him medicines to help him sleep, like the strongest drugs available. Those only made him sleep for 20 to 40 minutes at most when it should have knocked him out for days on end. Sadly, this one doesn't have a happy ending either because after 11 months of no sleep, he died in the hospital. Now, he's not alone. There's another guy who didn't sleep, but he didn't have all of those problems that the last dude said. And I like that the last guy said, you know, hey, I'm fine. I don't have any side effects. 
except for extreme auditory and visual hallucinations, and then I go into delirium and seizures, but that's only for like 20 minutes to an hour. Now this new guy though, he said he didn't have any of the problems. His name is Al Herpin. Now there's a lot of sites that swear he has never slept a day in his life, and he lived to be 94 years old, but I have to admit, I can't find any evidence that he never slept. These are just local legends and myths. So take that one with a huge grain of salt. But again, sticking with this no sleep, there's another guy. And this guy's name is Ty Nagok. Ty Nagok. I'm sure that's wrong. I'm sorry, Ty. If you're awake right now, I'm sorry. Now, he is a Vietnamese man who said he hasn't slept since 1973. A total of 46 years without sleep. He says he doesn't have any disease or damage caused by the lack of sleep. Now, this one supposedly has been confirmed from um, confirmed by doctors, and they say that Ty is as healthy as anyone. So right now we have three people that don't sleep, which is odd because I, while I was researching this, I did learn about something called familial fatal insomnia. What is familia, familial fatal insomnia, you might ask? Well, basically, in a nutshell, if you don't sleep, this thing, this diagnosis, the familial fatal insomnia, will kill you. We don't know why our bodies need sleep, but they do. And if you don't get it, you die, and on your death certificate, it says cause of death, familial fatal insomnia. So make sure you guys get a good eight hours of sleep. Don't do these weird, extreme auditory and visual hallucinations. Alrighty, who's next up on the mutant list? How about X-ray vision? Now, sadly, for me anyway, it's not in the awesome, I can see through clothes kind of a way, but there was a 10-year-old Russian girl named Natasha Demkina. She told her mom she could scan her mom's body and see where all her organs are. Now, I don't know why this one astounded anyone, because by 10, I basically knew where everything was from school, so I could fake scan someone if I really wanted to, but somehow, this got the locals in her area attention. Her family said, wow, she can scan us. We gotta tell everybody this story. And boy, did the people come a-running. People would line up to be scanned by Natasha. The local children's hospital eventually decided to test her abilities, and they did say that she was able to draw a diagram of one doctor's stomach with a dark area in the exact spot of his ulcer. So, she seemed to be telling the truth. She also contested the cancer diagnosis of one patient, and later tests supported Natasha's diagnosis. It just turned out to be a benign cyst and not cancerous. So this led her to England, where more people examined her because they couldn't believe her abilities. So in England, they, the x-ray scans of another doctor, is, this one led Natasha to describe multiple injuries that this doctor had actually received in a severe car crash, and Natasha didn't have any knowledge of the accident. The doctor was fully clothed during the examination, and Natasha got every one of the injuries correct. But she also got a lot of stuff wrong. The, a lot of the sites that talk about her don't mention this until you really deep dive like I did. She got a lot of stuff wrong. 
Like a lot of, quote, psychics out there, Natasha was good at multiple guess readings, where she would spout tons of BS and only get maybe one or two things sorta right, yet the people getting the readings were, quote, amazed by how accurate she was. This is what happens all the time with fake mediums out there nowadays. They spout out tons of crap, this multiple guess readings, tons of BS over and over and over. Is it a J name? Is it, a, is it an M? Is it a Q? Do you, have a, do you have a relative that's dead? Really? Okay. Uh, is that relative your grandfather or grandmother? Your grandmother. Okay. And by the end of it, the person goes, wow, they started talking to me about my dead grandma. Now, they did this multiple guessing BS that a lot of mediums do, and Natasha did it a lot. And like I said, this happens all the time with the alleged John Edwards fake psychic kind of a thing. But... She also got things right that there is no possible way she would have known these things. So, it baffled science. It baffled skeptics. I just don't know what to think of her. I think that she has a gift, but she also realized she could monetize this gift or make it more woo-woo than it needed to be. And because of that, she started off on this medium train. Alright, this next superpower was just about useless for the past 20 years, but... It's like a hipster superpower. It's cool again. Arthur Lintgen has vinyl vision. Oh, you don't know what vinyl vision is? That's because he's the only one who supposedly knows how to do this. I think there's more people, though. And it's a made-up term, but he has vinyl vision. He has the ability to read vinyl records and know what the music is. Like, hold up a vinyl record, not just play it or just read the, you know, he doesn't just read the jacket of it and go, oh, it's the Beatles White Album. Uh, I think I know what the first track is going to be. No, he's looking at the actual vinyl itself with no label on it and can tell you what the music is going to be. Now, famed skeptic James Randi, who is awesome, he himself tested Arthur and confirmed he could really do it. This superpower seems very specific. Well, it gets more specific because Arthur Lincoln. His powers only work on classical music. So, screw him and let's move on. Let's talk about Iseo Machi, who was able to cut a tennis ball in half with a sword while the ball was traveling at 700 kilometers an hour. Kind of useless? Sure. But if you're going to get shot at by a tennis ball, and this dude's next to you, and he has a sword, don't worry, you're not going to get hit by the tennis ball. So, how about the Human Torch? His name is John Chang, and his self-proclaimed chi energy has been able to cure people. I don't know about that one. But he's also able to set things on fire with the heat from his hands. Now, there are videos of him, and these videos take a long time to get to the heat of the hands setting crap on fire. But I did watch the video. It's a video of him setting paper on fire and even lighting up LEDs with his hands, just like holding the LED conductor, the, the little poles on the end of an LED with his hand, basically conducting electricity with his hand. And I don't know what to make of it. These videos seem legit. He's over there, you know, like kind of force pushing. Like if you were to put your hand out right now and force push something near you right now, that's what he was doing to this paper on the ground and he kept doing it over and over again, really focusing on it. 
and the paper sparked up and started flaming. They just caught on fire. The LEDs. He was holding it, and he's you could tell he's really squeezing that LED conductor, little pole thingy, whatever you call it. And the LED started to light up. Sometimes just a little bit, but then other times just kept going until it was a full light-up mode. Now, there's also a video which I think that Penn and Teller could probably call bullshit on, but I don't know how he did it, so I'm going to tell you about it. So he's sitting at this table. He puts this chopstick at the top of the table, like pointing down, like, like if he was writing with it like a pencil kind of a thing. And then he takes his hand, and he just pushes the chopstick straight through the wooden table. Now, I can't say that there wasn't a hole, and this is just a magic trick. You know, a small hole in the table, he knew where to put it, and he just whoop, put it down there. I can't say that. I don't know how he did this, but it's pretty bizarre. You have to, you know, I have to fast forward quite a bit. Because like I said, his videos are really long. But he does appear to push a chopstick straight through a wooden table with his proclaimed chi energy that can also cure people. So he's got a lot of things going for him. All right, this next one is shocking. Get it? Well, no. Well, if you just wait a minute, that joke will make sense. There's a guy named Ma Jing Gang who can take any kind of electric shock. See? That's what it means. Next one's shocking. Now, it turns out he is immune to electricity. Science and doctors don't know how, but he seems to be immune to electricity. Plus, he can light up a 60-watt light bulb. He can hold the ends of the cord for a 60-watt lamp, and it lights up. Okay, so him and that last guy would be really handy while camping. You know, one guy could start a fire, the other guy could light a light that doesn't even need electricity. I would like to know what else he could light up, though, or what else he could cause to work. Could he do the same with a blender, a microwave? Like, how, why did they, why were they very specific about a 60-watt lamp? If it was a 120-watt light bulb, he couldn't do it? Doesn't say, couldn't find much more out about him but it does seem to be real. Okay, listeners, this next one, I just don't get. It's fucked up. I'm telling you that right now. It's like a fucked up version of Wolverine. There is a woman named Noor Sadyada. Guarantee I didn't get that right. It's N-O-O-R-S-Y-A-I-D-A-H. She lived in Sangata, East Borneo in Indonesia as a kindergarten teacher. Her power is that wires are forming inside her and coming out of her body. Yep. Now, she first noticed the metal wires coming out of her chest and stomach in 1991. They would simply grow out of her body and then fall off. As this happened, the wire hurt her, and it was painful to even move around. Doctors determined that the wires were growing from beneath her skin but didn't touch or damage any internal organs. Her condition is classified as corpus alienum. And it seems to be real. It really does. Now, these pictures are gross. Basically, it looks like wires sticking out of a very nice woman's stomach and chest and arms. It looks gross. They simply pop out of her and then fall off or clipped off or I don't know. It's really messed up looking. It's not a superpower I would want. That's all I'm telling you. I don't want this one. All right, before I tell you about this next one, though. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to post, and I don't know if I'm going to post pictures of, of her superpower of the wires because it's really gross. Maybe I'll post one or two of the 
least gross-looking wires coming out of a nice woman's stomach and chest. All right, before I tell you about this next one, I just want to say I'd like to think I could kick a baby's ass. Like, only if I had to. Like, the travel back in time and kill baby Hitler kind of way. But in this version, you had to fight baby Hitler. I'd like to think if I travel back in time, I could win in a fight with baby Hitler. But this next one, I have to admit, I think this baby would kick my ass. And that's not that bold of a statement. I don't really work out that much. So maybe a lot of babies can kick my ass and I've just never fought any. So maybe I don't need to, you know, rile this up. But anyhow, his name is Liam Hoekstra. At just two days old, Liam was already able to stand with assistance. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. He's just standing with assistance. But by eight months old, he was doing pull-ups and walking up and down stairs. To give you an example, that's eight months old. He's doing pull-ups. I'm 49. No, I'm 48. Oh my God, I almost made myself older than I was. I'm I'm 48. I can't do pull-ups. An eight-month-old is already doing pull-ups that I can't do. By three years old, Liam was lifting up pieces of furniture around the house. You know, basically just showing off. Once during a tantrum as a toddler, Liam's mother says he punched right through a plaster wall. The little bastard was fast, too. Not only could he beat his parents up, he could also outrun them if he wanted to. And, not surprising to anybody, this kid never has a shirt on because he's jacked. He was ripped as a toddler, too. He had abs. Like, picture a toddler, but with, like, like Jersey Shore abs. Alright, so there's a lot to hate this kid for. But I don't, because I don't want him to kick my ass. So, good job, Liam, you jacked up little freak. Now, his condition is called myostatin-related muscle hypertrophy. Hypertrophy? I don't know. It's something I don't have, I can tell you that. I don't need to know this, because I just don't have it. So, yeah, we got a really strong little baby. I'm sure he grew up to be an insanely strong dude that beat up everybody ever. I'd hate to be his teacher when this kid gets pissed off, though. All right, this next one on the list was the only one to stop Liam, the Hulk baby hoaxtra that I just talked about. But sadly, this guy is dead. So our only chance to stop this Liam baby, this guy named Louis Sir, C-Y-R. Now, he was alive from 1864 to 1912. Now, he was called the strongest human being to ever have lived. Louis discovered his enhanced strength rather early on in life and started his career as a strongman by giving demonstrations such as carrying a calf on his back, which caught the attention of strongman show promoters. So by the age of 17, he easily beat Michaud of Quebec. So, suck it, Quebec. What they mean by that? Well, he beat him up, who was supposedly the strongest man in the area. Now, some of the more notable things that he lifted included a full-grown horse placed upon a platform with two iron bars. So he just lifted up the two iron bars like it was like he was lifting weights, but there's a freaking horse on him. He also performed a one-finger lift of 534 pounds. One finger, 534 pounds. They also say he backlifted 4,337 pounds. I don't know what he means by backlifted, but it sounds pretty heavy. I'm assuming it means like it was on his back, like like Yoda in a backpack kind of a thing. He could also curl 218 pounds barbell with one hand. Not just one arm, one hand. 
he performed a one-handed deadlift with a dumbbell weighing 525 pounds. Casey can't get it yet, this dude was strong. He said he could lift a rock from ground up to his shoulders that was officially weighted at 514 pounds. He could push a freight car up an incline. You know, that kind of stuff. He was strong, okay? Super strong. Okay, cut to 1891. There was a bizarre feat. They had two horses tied to each one of his arms. So there's a horse tied to each one of his arms, right? Now there's two horses to each arm. I apologize. They had two horses tied to each of his arms. They cracked a whip, sending the horses running in opposite directions. Yet Lewis managed to hold them back and resist their pull in, few, in full view of thousands of spectators. Now this guy was a superstar. He traveled the world beating anyone who dared to try and beat him. Sadly, he eventually died from a chronic kidney disease. So, sadly, sadly he's dead, which bums me out because I would love to have seen him do a one-to-one. -one, I would love to see him go up against Gregor Clegane. Gregor Clegane, the mountain from Game of Thrones. The strongest man in the world. Like, this guy is a beast, but from what it sounds like, Lewis was even bigger and even stronger. Alrighty, let's keep on moving on to the next one. There are a a lot of people, just a lot of them. I thought there was only a few. I kept finding more and more and more with perfect memory, which, you know, it sounds cool when you first think about it, but then when you really think about it, it sounds terrible. It sounds like a curse. They can remember everything. Every stupid thing they ever said or ever did. Everything. I don't think I want this superpower. I'd like it a little bit. There was a guy named Kim Peek who lived in Utah and he completely and perfectly memorized word for word 12,000 books, which he could then recall on demand and even tell you the page number. And he displayed the ability to read two pages simultaneously, one with his left eye and one with his right eye. He could also finish even vast texts in a fraction of the time of a regular person. He could remember down to every last detail 98% of everything he had ever seen, read, or did, including even the most minuscule or bizarre stupid detail, number, dates, figures, stats, everything throughout the course of his life. My guess is this 98% is because he probably couldn't remember being born because that'd be traumatic as hell. He could recall maps in perfect detail, tell any event that happened on any random date in history. So, I will say, he's the kind of guy you wanted with you on a bar trivia team. Why this guy never just went on, uh, you know, Jeopardy, all the game shows, screw it, every game show ever, and win everything? I have no idea, but he didn't seem to do that. Now, let's see, there's also Jill Drake, who holds the world's record for the highest pitched scream in the world. How loud? Well... 129 decibels. How loud is that, you might be asking? Well, the site I saw says that it is louder than a crack of thunder or a pneumatic drill and just slightly lower in intensity than the 139 decibels that a jumbo jet produces when taking off. So fucking loud is the answer. Like, shut the hell up, Jill. We have neighbors loud. How this girl realized that she could scream that loud 
and why she probably did it way too often is beyond me, but Jill, if you're listening, shut the hell up. Alrighty, then there's Wim Hof, who can withstand extreme cold. Now, he discovered his superpowers by accident after saving a man from a frozen lake. Again, this is origin movie stuff right here. These are origin stories. Now, in 2011, for the Guinness Book of World Records, he submerged himself in ice for nearly two hours without his core temperature changing at all. He also climbed to the top of Mount Everest, 22,000 feet, in just shorts and ran a desert marathon without a drop of water. So it's not just cold, it's heat and cold. He can retain his body temperature no matter what the external temperature. Okay, this next one, I don't have a name for him, but in 1994, an unidentified man known only as John was involved in a serious car accident, yet he emerged basically unscathed except for some bumps and bruises. Now, when the man went to see a doctor to make sure he had no internal bleeding because that's how that's how horrific this car accident was. Well, x-rays showed that he was fine. He had not suffered any broken bones whatsoever. Now, the doctors made the remarkable find that not only had he not broken any bones, that his bones were of a, quote, abnormal density. A full eight times denser than those of a normal person. Now, this isn't, he's not the only one like this. It's found that the condition was likely linked to a mutation again in a gene responsible for osteoporosis and low bone density. And like I said, he's not the only one with really thick bones or unbreakable bones. He's basically unbreakable. Alrighty, let's see what else we got. We got Shi Lelang, who is a Shaolin monk that actually ran 125 meters. That's over 400 feet. He ran 400 feet on water's surface. This set a new record in 2015. I checked it. It wasn't a frozen pond, which I was going to be like, well, yeah, I could do that. No, this was a non-frozen lake or body of water, I should say. I don't know if it was a lake. And he ran over 400 feet on the surface of the water. Um, bum, 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 bum. Let's see. There's a... There's some super-powered asshole whose only superpower was the ability to kill a bull with a punch but fuck that guy you know what that's enough for that's enough for episode one of humans with crazy superpowers i hate to end it on the crappy bull guy but i didn't really talk about him so fuck him so let's remember that let's let's pretend like the last one i talked about was uh the unbreakable bone guy okay here's my question i asked you at the beginning you had to pick one superpower like one real superpower well now that you know what the real superpowers really are, if you had to pick one superpower from this list, which would you pick? Would you pick you want to be as strong as a baby? Able to smell horrible diseases? Eat a bunch of metal and crap? Not sexy x-ray vision? What would you pick if you had to pick one? Now, I know some of you guys are going to say, well, these aren't really paranormal. What the hell? Well, they're not exactly normal. They are paranormal. These are people with special abilities and superpowers that are extraordinary, that are paranormal, that are just fucking weird. And I've always wanted to do an episode about real superpowers because, frankly, they're never as glamorous, or most of them aren't anyway, as glamorous as, you know, comic book superpowers, unfortunately. Alrighty. 
Once again, I am your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Healing that seed in the syrup.